0: Welcome to the Gate Drop podcast. GateDrop.com, giving you the jump in motocross news. GateDrop.com, AMN Nationals Review for 2022, the 50th anniversary of the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Series, Andy, and it's looking like one of the, the best series in the 50-year the history. Antonio Caroli headlining coming out of retirement, although he's only been retired a couple of months. Ryan Dungy coming out of retirement after four or five years, maybe it is now. Plus you have Eli Tomac fresh off a Supercross title and Dylan Ferrandez coming back to defend his outdoor title. A rejuvenated Jason Anderson, Chase Sexton, and that's only a handful of riders to mention. It's, It's looking like one heck of a series in the 450 class.
1: Absolutely. I always do look forward to the AMA National season kicking off, the great outdoors, but uh, I think this season going into it's probably the most hype going into the season that I can remember. Um, it's quite a lot of storylines, but we'll have to just see how the, the racing pans out the first couple of rounds um, to see what way the championship goes. Because even though there's uh, quite a lot of good riders, you know, a lot of it could still depend on what Eli Tomac's like, what's his knee like and what his form's like, because... If he's, I mean, he's just came off the back of his the best Supercross season to date, and you would still associate Eli Tomac more of a motocross rider. So uh, if he's 100% feeling good, he could still wax everybody on his day. So it is going to be interesting to see how it all shapes up, but certainly going into the first round, a lot of unknowns, and it, it, it should shape up for some good racing at Pala. Yeah,
0: and we'll maybe start with Eli Tomac. Coming into maybe a month ago, you were thinking Tomah could just dominate this series, especially with no Jeffrey Hurlings. But this knee injury kind of creates a question mark and maybe opens the door for the likes of Dylan Ferrandis, who's had time to heal up from his injuries. And who knows, maybe even a Crowley or a Dungey if Crowley does the full series. And we know now that Dungey wants to do the full series and he's explicitly said he wants to win this title. So he's coming in with big goals, but Eli Tomac. As said, he's rode the bike outdoors and feels very comfortable on it, which is pretty ominous for everyone who's seen him in Supercross. But again, this knee, the the track gets rough, a lot of ruts usually in America as well. If he tweaks that again, could that be him done for the season?
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Like I said, it's it's a bit of an unknown at the moment, but um, once the racing kicks off this weekend, we'll we'll know where everyone is. And I think they'll, they'll probably all just want the first round, out of the way to see where they are and then f- focus on improving after that. But yeah, it should be interesting. Pala actually is usually a bit of a speedway, but I remember last year for the first round, it actually did get rough. So yeah. um, Coroli especially and the likes of Ferrandez will probably want it to, 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 to get the rougher, the better for them guys, I think. Whereas Americans when it comes to motocross are more used to pin it the win at style track. So it'll be interesting to see what way the, the, the track um shapes up for the season opener.
0: So are we both agreeing then that Tomac is favourite despite that injury? Are you going uh, to Dylan?
1: Well I'll have to see what he's like after the first round. I mean he's favourite if he's a hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, I would say. Um but I still think if he is a hundred percent, probably the one guy the stop him is probably going to be Dylan Fernandes. I think it's between those two really. Um a lot of unknowns with the other riders. but And I think Dylan, even though he didn't finish the Supercross season, has been on the bike for quite a while now. And, he, and similar to Tomac, he's more of a motocross kind of guy. And he, he was unbelievable last season. So I think it's between those two. But if, if, if Eli Tomac's knee, is, uh, he's feeling good with his knee. I, th- I think he is the favourite, yeah.
0: And for Dylan, it might be similar, especially if Eli is on form. He's not going to be able to afford to get those bad starts like he did in Supercross last year in motocross. At times, he was able to come from the back, although his starts weren't too bad compared to normal. This year, again, if he wants to beat Eli, it could be the guy who wins between those two. It could be actually come down to starts, although, of course, we've seen Eli rip through the field, especially that last 10 minutes. But then we'll have another guy this year, Antonio Caroli. Yes, he's 36, going 37, which is unbelievable, but he's also good late in the race. And for me, being from Italy, with the heat that he's used to, he's always been good in the heat, I don't think that might affect him as much as it does other Europeans coming over. So if he's, re- again, the the slight indecisiveness regarding Corulli, is, is he really there for the full series? Is he just there to have fun? How serious is he taking it? Because he doesn't always say that he's what he really wants to do. He might just play down the pressure a wee bit. And do it for an experience, but if Crowley's in for the full season and he's in secretly to try and win this title, starts and and later race charges are usually his forte. So that could maybe eventually be something that Tomac and Fernandes have to watch out for.
1: Yeah, well, I think at the moment we just need to take it for what it is. You know, Crowley's in to do the first two and then he says... Towards the end of the season, he might do a couple, you know, as prep for the Motocross Nations. But I do think, you know, it'll depend on the results of the first two. Obviously, if he gets two podiums or something like that, you know, I could see him staying on, racing the whole championship. But is that going to happen? Is it likely to happen? I think we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, as you touched on, I think you're right with the heat. Um, I think the biggest thing Caroli's going to have to adapt to is probably the tracks. You know, he's used to riding very mm. gnarly and rough tracks. And, and two days. And MMA, the tracks are a lot more fast and not quite as technical. And yeah, I think that's going to be the challenging bit for him. But uh, his starts are, are usually quite good. So mm. that's uh, unlike Ferranda. So that's one thing yeah. he has got going for him. So Even he will as be well, interesting.
0: although Yeah, starts have improved slightly on the Star Yamaha. Well, the only yeah, concern I, will... I have for Coroli if he is on good form enough to be towards the front. At the GPs, the last season and maybe the season before, his opening laps, the first two, three laps, it took him a while to find his true pace. Now, is that age? He's not just able to go into that high intensity straight away because America's known the first 10 minutes to be their most intense part of the race. Usually he comes on strong at the end. We saw that even last year in the Grand Prix, the fitness usually isn't a problem for him but with the intensity the Americans usually have in the top 10 for the first 10 minutes. And even if you get start eight, that's pretty intense. Will Crowley have enough intensity at the start of those races on tracks. He's not familiar with, and don't forget it's only really a one day format unless he does press day on the the Friday or whatever. He's only going to have two 10 or 15 minute practice sessions to figure the track out, figure his bike setup out. And that can be a big disadvantage for a rider in the first, first year in the nationals but all in on all for Caroli, after whatever decade and a half of, of Grand Prix races or longer he's a new series. He almost doesn't have pressure because he's already he's already one of the greatest of all time, maybe the greatest depending on who you, who you ask, but certainly he's in that conversation with, with Everts and Carmichael and McGrath and Bale. And now it's almost fun. So, He's going to have less pressure. He's going to be excited to race a new series. A series he's always wanted to, to race before he retires, and he's, he's going to do it. It's just we're still a wee bit iffy on how prepared will he be. But if he is prepared, I think a top five certainly isn't out of the equation in these first two rounds. And then, as you said, if he is getting the results, will he stay on and see that title might be possible?
1: Yeah, I mean, you touched on the intensity there. To be honest, I don't think he really struggled that much with the intensity. Obviously, if Tomac gets the whole shot, um, you know, he might struggle to stay with him. But, you know, last year, MXGP, we had Hurlings, we had Geyser with Fever, and we had sure and guys like that. And <laughs> that was unbelievable intensity. It may all be good, but I don't think it'll be quite that fast mm-hmm. at the front, uh, with the exception of maybe Tomac. Um, but if, for me, it's just about how, how fast and how rough or not rough the tracks are. That, that might be the challenge. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I think he'll be top six in the first, o- first two rounds. But, you know, if he's, if he's fifth and sixth, he still might not do th- rounds three and continue on with the rest of the season. Then I think for that, he'll probably have to get at least one podium. And I'm yeah. not sure if he'll get on the podium, but I don't think he'll be far away, to be honest.
0: I think that's maybe the most exciting part of the first round. But as well as that, you have Rand Dungy coming back. And with Ryan, he's always been consistent for me. Maybe not of the didn't never had the top end raw speed that a Carulli could produce or a Villapodo, but he was always smart and he was always consistent and he was still always fast. If he still has close to that speed, which he sounds seems to think he does, we know he's been working probably for the last three months at least. He said he loves the bike. If his expectations are to win, you would imagine that on terms of pace, he's consulted other riders' lap times, and he feels he isn't far away. Now, racing is a completely different ballgame, the intensity, the nerves behind the gate again, outdoors in in that humidity. But if anyone can do it, it probably is Ryan Dungey because he he loves physical training, even when he's not a professional. And if he can get through the first two rounds, okay, in a round, top five, even a couple of top tens early. I could see him just getting better and better throughout the season, and then it could be up to how consistent the initial front runners are. Tomax knee, Dylan starts, can he avoid injury? Then you're down to probably Jason Anderson, who's never won an overall before, although he's, he's in really good form. Chase Saxon's fast, but crashes and Ken Roxon Question marks with his health. Who will get on to next? So for Dunzer, you're probably looking at maybe survival's the wrong term for the first two rounds, but showing yourself you're not far away and then gradually picking up the pace going forward. And you just don't know the sport, especially outdoors in America can be a bit unpredictable at times. He might not be far away towards the end of the season.
1: Yeah. For me, Dungy an intriguing one and it's maybe the biggest unknown just because he hasn't mm-hmm. raced in five years, but listening to his recent comments, you know, he must feel good because he's talking about racing the full championship and 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 winning, so for somebody that hasn't <laughs> raced in five years to be saying that, you know, they must feel good at the practice tracker, because if he comes out and finishes tenth or eleventh the first round, that's certainly not going to be what he's expecting. Going by his comments, but yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting moment. When I first heard he was coming out of retirement. To be honest, I didn't think he was going to be all that competitive. I thought maybe you know top twelve on a good yeah. day, top eight. But you know, if you think about it, we're already missing a couple of riders. There's no Cooper Webb. There's no Malcolm Stewart. There's no Max Anstey at the minute, so no that's, that's three either. guys already, and no going either. So that's uh, it him up a few positions already, and, and there'll be more injuries. So I think there's no reason why he won't be top 10 at the first couple of rounds, and then as more guys gets injured, he's very, very dedicated. I was you know, he'll definitely put the hard work in, so he could improve quickly. I think he'll be one that just wants the first round done and dusted to see where he is and then work from there, but... Certainly will be interesting. I still, don't, I still don't think he'll be top five unless he gets two unbelievable starts.
0: First round, Obviously, first three rounds, start, you mean? Yeah, he,
1: he, yeah first two rounds. Obviously, he has the, the, this talent where if he does get the starts, he'll be able to maybe follow those guys. Yeah. But I'm thinking he'll be maybe six to 10, somewhere like that, possibly. Because you, you have to remember those guys like Rocks and Barsha, Anderson. Can we really expect him to beat those guys after not racing for five
0: years? Hmm. I think on a, a normal rider who isn't as dedicated as Dungey, you would probably say no. But like you, I kind of thought he'd maybe been around top ten. He just wants to race motocross again. But here in yeah, well, I mean, um, I
1: mean, I mean, for the first round, do you think he'll beat those three though? No, obviously, obviously, as the season continues, he'd probably be in. But for the first round,
0: start could dictate it. I think if I don't know if he, as you said, I think if he gets away at top three, top five, he might not be. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. So if he can get into that pace, he sounded a lot more confident and ambitious on, I think it was the Pulp MX show that I was expecting him to. So he must feel like it's still there and the pace and everything he has is still there. So I think if he gets away, he might be more competitive than what I was initially expecting. My expectations for him have actually risen following here in the details of that interview and how long it sounds like he, this has been in the works and he's been preparing for it.
1: Yes, same as me then, really, because like I said, I thought maybe top 12 when I first turn mm-hmm. the announcement, but I'm starting to think now it'll probably do a bit better. But I think for the first round, he'll probably be between six to 10. That's my prediction, but I could be totally wrong. That's what I say. I think for me, it's the biggest unknown just because he hasn't raced in five years. And I'd be surprised if he doesn't get arm pump. <laughs>
0: Right, we're on to our third unknown in a row, Ken Roxon. Yet again, I mean, you've seen it with Dungey, we know what he can do. We've seen it with Carole, obviously, even last year, we've seen what he can do. We're still a bit unsure about what percentage of their absolute best we're going to see. But Ken Roxon's actually in that same conversation. Mm -hmm. We know he's the talent to win races. He sounds like he isn't completely sure where his health is right now. Which means no one, no one can really be sure. And even he comes out of Palo, which is a drier heat usually, because it's California. When he goes back east into that humidity, is that what could could catch him out and drain his drain his body again and make him devoid of energy? And he mightn't even last the season. You just don't know with Ken Roxon. But it looks like he seems he feels better than he did going into Supercross. So hopefully, and we know he usually starts season strong. But it's the longevity of it is still a complete question mark for
1: Ken Roxon. Well, this is it. And I think it's worth pointing out two 30 minute motos at motocross is certainly a lot more physically demanding than a, than a 20 lap supercross yeah. race. So there's that side of it too. But, you know, Ken Roxon, it really wouldn't surprise me if he comes into the season, shocks everybody, and goes 1 1 at the first round. Because when yeah. you talk about talent, he's probably the most talented rider there. But as everybody's seen this last two or three years, on any given day, can win, but and he and he, he tends to start championships quite quick, but yeah. then you know one one setback, and it just sort of seems to be a domino effect. So it will be interesting, I think, for Roxon The important thing is to get his career back on track. Is just trying to be consistent during this AMN national season, and maybe maybe not go f- for the championship win or anything like that. But if he's consistently always in the top five. I think that would be a very good championship for Ken Roxon to be honest, because in Supercross, he's been anything but consistent. You know, he's he's maybe won one week, and then the next week he's been 10th. So I think consistency for me is the big thing. But like I say, I really wouldn't be surprised if he came out and waxed everybody at the first round, because when it comes to talent, I'm not sure there's any rider behind that AMA national start gate that's, that's got more talent than... Roxon, apart from maybe Crowley, but as yeah. we touched on earlier, he's 36 now. So
0: the interesting contrast could be with with Ken Roxon, great starter usually, sort of shoots out real quick, finds his pace really early. But with Crowley, with Dungy, with Tomac, even with Dylan Ferranis, who starts aren't the great, those four tend to come on strong in the last 10 to 15 minutes. So I wonder if you're gonna see a kind of Retraction and pace from Ken Rockson as those four start really hitting their stride coming late on in the race, especially the last the last ten minutes of these races. It could it could be pretty exciting if those four are really finding their pace, and you have the likes of a Chase Saxon, a really quick early and a Ken Rockson trying to gap everyone at the start of the race, almost like a cycle race, with the, the long distance people coming on good at the end with their sprint finish.
1: Yeah, potentially, although what I would say is that the first couple of rounds, I don't think, you know, those other riders will be too worried about Roxon because they've yeah. seen what's happened this last few years. But if by round three, round four, round five, he's still up at the front, then, you know, that's when they're going to have to worry about him and try and beat him. But I think for the first round, of, or the first couple of rounds, if Roxon's having an unbelievable day, uh, uh, and he's, you know, he shows that unbeatable form, I don't think the other riders will be too worried just because... The last couple of years have went for him, but certainly if he if he, like I said, if he can consistently show that speed at the front, then they they will have to start and take him seriously. But I just hope for Ken Roxon's sake, he can get himself sorted together because it's it's quite sad, you know, watching him riding round supercross, maybe finishing tenth one week because there's no way Ken Roxon should be battling for tenth. Let's be honest with especially with the talent he has. Yeah,
0: and and if he is again this summer, you'd wonder how long his career is going to go on for. He did admit when he was pretty low during and after Supercross this um, winter, he did wonder if he would be able to race again in terms of, can I race properly again and ride to my level? So in the back of his mind, that's got to be still there if, if outdoors doesn't go well and if he's still looking for a contract next year too. So that's another thing to keep an eye on in terms of how good his performances can be in relation to his health because he hasn't forgotten how to ride a bike. It's just everything else seems to have, have caught up on him. Here's a few riders for you. Chase Sexton, Jason Anderson, Justin Barsha. Do you see any of those being a real title contender? For me, Anderson might be able to be an in and around there as well as Chase Sexton. But I'm not sure yeah, about I think, Barsha.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure about Barsha either. I think for me, if they both last the season yeah <laughs> for me Saxon's the better motocross rider but that's his problem he can never seem to last a season or he makes you know rookie yeah, mistakes stacks, yeah. so anderson would probably be more the consistent i definitely you know if i was paying money to watch one of those riders race i think it would be Saxon for me i think he's got a fantastic style for me when you watch him race motocross he's got more of a european style actually smooth great to watch on the bike and actually has good throttle control Anderson by no means hasn't got a bad style. He's still good to watch, but but I just I really do enjoy watching just Saxon. So I think if Saxon lasts the season, I think he'll have the better results. But that's the big question mark with Saxon, unfortunately. But hopefully he can.
0: Saxon is starting to remind me of Ezra Lusk. You probably don't remember Ezra Lusk. I do. But he had a great style. It was really fast. It was McGrath's closest competitor for a while moved to Honda and was was their main man, which Sexton's kind of becoming now with what's happened to Roxon. But while he had the speed, he had the style, he had the technique, he always made mistakes at the wrong time. And Sexton, while he's still young, and hopefully these mistakes will stop, it's starting to become a pattern in year two, and you just wonder if this is the way he's going to be or if he's going to be able to figure out and be a multi champ 450 champion. Ezra Lusk was never able to do it even though he had the speed for a good four or five years. He kept crashing at the worst moments while Jeremy McGrath was always calm and cool and was able to seal those championships. And outdoors, it was the same. It was Ricky Carmichael, Greg Albertine and Doug Henry who were winning those championships when it was maybe Lusk's time to win. He was never able to quite do it. And I'm starting to wonder, although it's maybe a bit early, is Chase Saxon going to be in that mold? Because next we're going to have Jet Lawrence and maybe Hunter Lawrence coming through as the next generation. After him, so he might have a smaller window than normal to try and win these titles.
1: Yeah, well, I still don't see him being a, a championship threat, I have to say. I think, um I mean, a good day for him will be a podium. I think
0: that's he'll fun. win motos. Do you think so? The, well, mm, well, I think he'll probably, win at least one, but I don't know about the consistency. Yeah.
1: yeah, well, I mean, yeah, that's possible, but I'm just thinking to start the season. You know, I'd be very yeah. surprised if uh, he won at the first two or three rounds, but obviously as we get into the championship winning as possible, but I think a podium would be a good day. Definitely don't see him being a championship contender, I have to say, with Tomac and Fernandes. So I do think they'll be too fast for him, but but you never know. But I think the main thing for Section is just to try and last the season uh, and maybe take a third or take a second instead of going for the win, because I think it is important, as you pointed out, just for him to last the season. But uh, it will be interesting. Another rider I'm looking forward to seeing, actually, and, Saxon could maybe end up being a bit like him in terms of style on on the 450 is Christian Craig, but Craig's had sort yeah. of a strange career because <laughs> he's obviously went back and raced the 250, but uh, and he's 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 one of the oldest guys now, but I actually feel like he's got the riding style that suits a 450 much better, so he's I'm so looking smooth. forward to seeing how he does on on in the 450 class on the Star Yamaha as well. He he could actually be a surprise.
0: It'll be interesting for me to see if he's developed the self-belief. To me, that's always under, under pressure was always his weakness, as it were. Certainly talent isn't, but it, does he believe he can beat Eli Tomac, Dylan, Ferrandez, Carulli, even Adunji or Jason Anderson outdoors in the heat in the last two laps of Moto when it really, really matters? Does he believe and does he have the fitness to do that? But I think speed-wise on a practice track, he's certainly shouldn't be far away from those guys. And I think that 450 Yamaha um, suits him as well. So definitely yep. one to keep an eye on. And for Jason Anderson, I think this is one of the first years he's come into outdoors with huge motivation to try and win it, or at least win an overall for the first time. The form he's ended at Supercross, and he seems to be having fun as well, which in a long season is probably pretty important. And if he gets out to a good start outdoors, he might be a bit of a, a sneaky title contender too.
1: Yeah, I think you're not convinced. You? No, nah, not to be a championship <laughs> threat, I have to say, because like you said, he hasn't even run around yet. So it, it would be hard to imagine him, you know, winning off to to win the title. But, but he could come I like think, a top think three think overall. Be, yeah, though, it? I mean, well, that's what I was going to say. I yeah. think he'll be consistent. You know, I think he'll be consistently fourth, fifth, and sixth. But will that be enough to win the championship? I don't think so. But you know, it it only takes somebody like a couple of injuries, and this thing will be wide open. Because you know, after Tomac and Dylan, there's quite a lot of riders probably on the same sort of level. And obviously, Crowley's probably not going to do the full championship. So, I, I mean, you're a couple of injuries away from 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 a surprise championship winner. You would have to say so. You never know.
0: No, and of course Joey Savacce is his new short term teammate. He's usually quite good outdoors, but again, he's coming off an injury on the, a new bike of sorts, though he has rode for that team before. So he could be another guy that could impress, or he could just be in around the top 10 all year. It's hard to say.
1: Yeah, well, my question to you is, that. my question to you is, Kawasaki have drafted in Sifachi, and R- rock star Husqvarna have drafted in, drafted in RJ Hampshire to start the season in the 450 class. What do these teams have against Max Anstey?
0: <laughs> I don't understand how Max Ansi hasn't got a ride either for the full US Nationals, which would make sense, even on a 250, or as a replacement for an MXGP rider. It's quite baffling, so unless there's some underlying reason or demands, I don't really know because he has, yes, he's actually relatively consistent anyway, but he can always produce a good moto, or he start up front, run on the top three for a while or whatever, which is great great for sponsors, he's obviously not going to be the main factory rider for any of those teams in America anyway so as a, as a backup factory rider which, which he would be, I mean he's better outdoors than Shane McElrath I would, I would say, but maybe they're looking at McElrath as more a long term indoor guy, it's hard, it's hard to say really, but no one coming into outdoors of all things you'd maybe understand it better if it was the other way around coming into Supercross, but outdoors is kind of where he's shown the most, most speed in America
1: yeah, well, I, th- I do know a few months ago that Factory Kawasaki and MXGP did make him an offer as a fill-in rider, but I think he rejected that, you know, probably because he wants to stay in America and he, mm. and he, th- and he thought he'd get a good MA ride. Well, I think he was I named mean, Kawasaki, and then that... Yeah, so maybe
0: he yeah, thought that was happening yeah, and then it
1: isn't happening. Yeah. Then- but uh, yeah, I think Savachi's knee was, wasn't as bad as the thought, so they went for him, but for me, that's, that's strange because, like you said, if it was super crushing, maybe understand, but to be fair to Max, he hasn't been that far off in Dean Wilson in Supercross. Oh, he's, and he's going to be a much better motocross rider than Dean Wilson. And and Husqvarna have decided to get McElrath and, and promote RJ Hampshire for the start of the season too. For me, Max Anstey would have made perfect sense, but there you go. And what What's your thoughts on RJ Hampshire starting the season on a 450?
0: Well, I thought he was doing that, and then I thought already he was staying 250, so in the press release, so I'm not quite sure where he's able oh, to really? ride. Although the way RJ rides, I'm not sure he knows where he's riding. Either time he can be all over the place. Uh, I, think
1: I thought I thought RJ was going to be riding the, on the 450.
0: Well, I think Malik was yeah. coming back after six rounds. Oh,
1: theory. yeah, starting the season. I mean, so, no,
0: yeah. Well, RJ Hampshire will probably be the same whenever bike is on fast, exciting, and really, really rash and probably crash. So
1: yeah, <laughs> he's it's, always it's, one it's,
0: to, one to keep an eye on.
1: He'd definitely scare me on a 450, like so
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah. Well, maybe it'll smooth him out. Look at Ruben yeah, well, Fernandez. It might. He, yeah. he was pretty wild on a 250, and he's actually riding a 450 really, really well. So it might actually have the opposite effect to what we we're thinking.
1: Yeah, perhaps, although in Fernandez's case, I think he had the push his bikes he was riding to well, yeah, stay with point, those guys. Yeah. I mean, RJ had one of the best bikes in the 250, and he still mm-hmm. rides pen. But yeah, it'll be interesting. You never know.
0: Yeah, he likes, he likes to ride the edge, that man, and never really seems to know he is riding the edge, no matter how many times he crashes in every So <laughs> it's, it's a bit bizarre, but he is fast. Yeah, yeah. that The lead latest, well, we'll probably talk about Barsha first before we go to, go to the 250 class. I'm not really sure where to put Barsha. I'm not even sure if there'll be any revenge from all the riders he's knocked down. I mean, if somebody knocks him down at the top of one of those hills, it could hurt. He's actually usually quite good outdoors, but I'm just not sure. With, he's usually in around third to fifth in the championship if he manages the, the whole series. He's secretly consistent, Justin Barsha, despite his wild riding.
1: Yeah, I'm the same as you. I have no idea where Barsha will finish at the first round, to tell you the honest truth. But yeah, he he is sneaky consistent, isn't he? So <laughs> third to sixth in the championship is, if he lasts the season, it's probably where he's going to finish. You could probably put Anderson sort of the same, but, you know, injuries are going to come it. So it'll be hopefully uh, the majority of the riders can't stay fit and we can see a good AMA national season. But the problem is with the AMA riders, even if they pick up a knock, you know, because Supercross is the main priority there, even if they could finish the season, a lot of them just decide not to, but to, no, to take rest. their time off and then come yeah. back and focus on Supercross. So it will be interesting, but hopefully the majority of them can stay injury free and we can see a good season.
0: And that'll be the interesting thing with Tomac. It looks like he's Supercross only next year, yeah. but he might have a slight knee injury, but then this could mean it's his last outdoor season and his last chance at an outdoor title. So will he prioritize the outdoor title because it's his last one? Or will, if this knee keeps playing up, will he go, right, I really want to win the what could be his last ever supercross title next year? So we might actually see just how much this outdoor title is a priority with Tomac and a few other riders Come round round seven eight, depending on how the how the title's going.
1: Yeah, well that's it. I mean, yeah, I think it'll depend on how he's feeling and and you know how much pain he's in. Obviously, he's in pain and, and he needs operation and that. You know, Supercross will be the priority, but I feel like it won't get that bad. But as and because he, he is back on the bike preparing, so it mustn't be too bad. Mm. It's not like he's coming into the first round with a couple of days on the bike. I think he's had a couple of weeks to prepare. Uh, after missing the last Supercross round. So I feel like he'll be okay. But also with uh, with this being his, his potentially his last AMA national season, it could potentially be his last motocross nations at Redbud and his home crowd well, too. He so he there as well. Yeah, exactly. So. He probably still has nightmares with Geoffrey Hurlings. So he'll probably he'd be quite glad Jeffrey Hurlings
0: <laughs> isn't going to be riding with the looks of things this year. Because I don't think I'll ever forget Jeffrey's heat race at Redbud. Went down in the first corner, came from lot. took time getting up and everything as well. Oh, came yeah. from last and was about to pass Tomac for I think third and what was a twenty minute race and Tomac's bike blew up. But the ride for the level hurlings was on that motor was absolutely phenomenal. So they won't have him to deal with well and, uh,
1: Pit Pit Barr did say this week that he's not really out hurlings, could come back and ride the last two or three MXGPs. Obviously is there's a the long record. way to go. <laughs> So, yeah, and
0: yeah then if, the, if everything the goes well, three. which you would imagine that record and Motocross of Nations is a motivation for him. But again, if it's going to come at the expense of 2023, you would think not, but actually... Oh, definitely not.
1: It's only if, if he's, you know, on the bike and he's feeling good and he feels he can race, he might do it. Obviously, there's a long way for that to go, but
0: if he yeah, is back if, on the bike and he if can... If he can ride, it, it could be good testing as well for race pace for that bike that he hasn't really raced yet going into 2023. Although yeah, why we're talking of. about Jeffrey Herlings, I've no idea. This is the U.S. Nationals review, <laughs> preview, mm-hmm. and we're going to move to 250s now. Jet Lawrence has to be the favorite, even though Justin Cooper, who pushed him all the way last year, is back on the bike from a pretty gnarly broken foot. Jeremy Martin as well. And I would add Hunter Lawrence into that equation. He may end up being Jet's biggest competition, which would be pretty cool to see two brothers Especially coming from all the way from Australia, fighting it out for a US national crown, but I think Jet has to start his favorite.
1: Yeah, I mean Jet's my favorite. He won the title last year, and even last year it was actually Cooper, even though he was a more experienced. He he actually made the big mistake. Sugar, yeah, yeah, that, uh, that yeah, yeah. but, but sugar. So that that actually handed Jet the title pretty much, and you know Jet's a year older, a year wiser. And he's probably going to go up a level with his outdoor riding as well. So I think, Jet's going to be very, very hard to beat. And also mentally in his confidence after the Supercross season, he's just had, I think it's going to take something special to beat him. And yeah, I would, I would sort of group Hunter and Justin Cooper in the same bracket going into it. I think they'll be very similar, but I think Justin will probably get the better starts on that Star Yamaha. So that's, that could be the difference.
0: Yeah. I don't think if he's fit, of course, you can rule out Jeremy Martin just because he's so determined and he should get starts on that bike. But he's had trouble putting the whole championship together recently with injuries and sometimes crashes. Jets obviously got all the momentum and I I could see Hunter, I could see those two going one-two if the the Hondas can get out of the gate. we know the Yamahas are strong, especially outdoors as well with, with the, the power they have. But also one of the biggest interesting factors for me is going to be Austin Forkner. He had a very tough year last year, but he's shown good speed coming back this year in Supercross for a title. I'm not sure he'll be there because he's still having the up and down race. But it would be nice to see Forkner back with the raw pace to win motos. And I think he might not be far away, but maybe that's expecting too much from him.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, after his, his season last year, you were thinking, "Goodness me, his career yeah. is in difficulty." So it's been nice to see him up there at Supercross again. And, and I would say, even though he did struggle with the motor, with the nationals last year, I would say he's probably a better motocross rider than Supercross rider.
0: Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, same as he was, as prior to last year. <laughs> yeah,
1: same exactly. Uh, so same as you. I, I don't. I mean, I don't think he'll challenge Jet or Hunter. I don't think he'll have their. Um speed consistently but I do feel like he'll be a podium guy you know he'll be in that top five regularly and and if he can stay on consistently and I think he will we'll see him on the box and and then on his good day he can maybe win a couple but yeah I don't think he'll he'll be a main championship threat but I think that would be good for Fortner if he's just consistent in that top five especially when you look at him last year um, I mean he had a lot of work to do coming into the Supercross season and, and it's, it's nice to see him showcase the talent that he has and remind everybody of how talented he is.
0: Michael Moseman should be fast as well, but we've seen a wee bit like Faulkner, He makes mistakes and he actually said he was had a good Supercross season, which baffled me a bit because while he was fast, mm. the mistakes were ruined his championship hopes, which he should have been involved in. And I wonder if the same thing is going to happen outdoors because he's actually a very good outdoor rider. But is he going to have these crashes again, or will he be able to sustain a, a challenge to put him in around that top three, top five overall?
1: Yeah, it surprises me too, actually, that he thinks he had a good Supercross season. Because for me, I thought he would have been the, the one guy to challenge Craig. But mm. in the end, he was he was a pretty distant third. And I think Hunter was, was a lot better than him, but maybe he feels he's a better motocross rider and maybe Supercross wasn't his thing before this season. Maybe that's what it comes down to. If that's the case, then he'll probably be wanting to have a, a better motocross season. But it's going to be difficult. Um, you know, with with both the Lawrence brothers, Justin Cooper, then Martin, he'll probably maybe be similar to Forkner. Maybe he hasn't quite got the pace Forkner has, but he might have the consistency because Forkner does have maybe the odd more crashes than Mosiman. So, but I think I think they'll be pretty similar, maybe. And when it comes to the end of the season and for the championship,
0: and Joe Shimoda usually really consistent, except this year, mm-hmm. quite inconsistent. So outdoors will be a bit of a test for him to see if he can rebound to become what he used to be, a consistent, solid rider in and around that mid mid top ten usually, or will he still try to push the edge and out of anger of a supercross season and try to get get podiums and even trying and go for the outdoor title. Mitch Payton hasn't had a lot of luck with titles lately. Used to be the used to be the team to beat. Um, Seth Hamacher as well, really good indoor rider. A little bit improving thanks to illness and injury outdoors. And I think Jet Reynolds might be racing as well, but again, a rookie. So you know he's going to have raw speed, but will he have the fitness and the consistency? So quite a lot of question marks around that whole PC Kawasaki team. And also Cameron Mcadoo kind of falls into that that area as well. He's quick, kind of top five, but will he have the consistency to really challenge for for podiums week in, week out in the series?
1: Yeah, and then another rider is Swole. He he actually won a round last season, which I think everybody sort of forgets about. But um, he'll be one to watch because I think he's still quite young and he'll be wanting to improve and have a better season than he did last year. I think it will be tricky for him to win another round, but but you never know.
0: And what about Nate Thrasher? He's absolutely mm. bewildering at times. He can get 10th one week and then just go out and win a East-West shootout on a, on a 250 against Anderson and Craig, or Lawrence and Craig. Outdoors again, he's quite unknown, but he could have a, a moto of magic where he just runs top three and nearly wins a moto as well. It's not going to be hard to Caller where he goes, he should be starting to get the consistency now, he's had a couple of years in that team
1: Yeah, exactly he's had a lot of hype, but I mean so far, I would still say we're waiting for him to live up to that hype, because like you said, maybe one moto it would be really, really good, and then the next moto he'd be 15th, and you're sort of scratching your head so I think for him it's important to improve his consistency Uh and, you know, try and get these top fives, but like I alluded to earlier, it is going to be tricky, because the top five is pretty quick with both Lawrence's, Martin, uh, and Justin Cooper. I think everybody sort of sees them as the main four, and it's, it's going to be difficult yeah. to get in there and rustle a few feathers, but you never know. Um, Thrasher is probably the one that he might have the raw speed. He might even be a raw speed quicker than Faulkner, but he's even more inconsistent than Fortner probably, yeah. so you'll yeah, be looking to sort that out. Right. So
0: Championship Predictions... For me, it's hard to look past Tomac and, and Jet Lawrence, as, as boring as that may sound. What about you?
1: Mm, well, then I'll be different. I'll say oh. Dylan Ferrandus. I really don't want to disagree with you on Justin Lawrence, cause, or Justin Lawrence, Jet Lawrence. because he sounds I, I, <laughs> A mixture of, of Cooper and Lawrence. Oh dear, probably <laughs> the, the ideal, near the ideal rider. They're uh, a good starter. <laughs> and then... yeah. uh, I really don't want to disagree with Jet Lawrence, but I'll be different. Uh, I'll go Hunter.
0: So what you're saying is you don't even agree with your own picks? Really? Yeah,
1: I'm just being different. next like, don't yeah. want to be bored. Yeah, I Dylan think Hunter... I could actually—I could see. I think Dylan has a has a good chance of winning it. You know, if anything happens, Eli. So yeah,
0: I think start wise so. might hurt Dylan because I think he might be the closest in pace. Mm. And I'm also still not convinced about knee if he catches it somewhere. Mm-hmm. But if you predict on the fact that nothing like that will happen, I still mm-hmm. think it's hard to look past Eli's. Tomac yeah, yeah. as good as Dylan Fernandes can go because when Eli hits that turbo mode in the last 5 or 10 minutes maybe only a Caroli five ten years ago and Jeffrey Hurlings currently could uh, stay with him although current Tim Geyser might have a shot <laughs> even in America but he's, yeah, he's exactly. not going to be racing so that was a bit unless, of a <laughs> you've got you, yourself all excited you've unless of course he, he rides Red yeah. Bud Designations, nations but we don't even know about that
1: Yeah, exactly. with uh, Slovenia but, uh, we kinda went off track there, know, but I, I'll, say, track I'll say I'll say Anderson and Hunter. Right, two XGP riders yeah. I am going with.
0: You've given two riders you know you even believe can win the title in your picks, so that one, No, well. I
1: believe for I believe mm-hmm. Dylan can. And I'm I'm just I'm going I'm going Hunter. Team Hunter.
0: <laughs> Don't know if I really believe you really believe that. But anyway, <laughs> think... well, we'll wait we'll wait and see. 50th year of the US Nationals probably one of the most exciting of those 50 and I think the Karuli-Dungy the performances are going to be as intriguing as Eli Tomac versus Dylan for the title or can it be Caroli and Dungy battling for a title in, in six weeks time we might, find, we might have more answers to those questions but only something to look forward to one week to go US Nationals of course it's the Spanish Grand Prix as well so that'll be a busy mm-hmm. weekend Got a lot of action, and uh, can't wait for it.
1: Ciao.